Hello and welcome to Not To Get Political, the podcast where we look in the world of politics and hope to keep our sanity. Today I am joined by Jay Akbar. Jay is a freelance reporter who has done work for ITV, LBC and Channel 5. He's going to be covering the coronation this weekend, but he's now going to be covering a far more important event, my podcast. Jay, thank you for coming on. Um, How did you get into reporting? Um, The honest answer is, is luck and I suppose... Like the long answer is the fact that I so I studied chemistry at university, and um, because I was given like good advice by well bad advice by uh, good well-meaning people, yeah, and um, so I did that for four years um, and failed, but without telling anyone, I essentially enrolled on a journalism course. Um, so without my parents knowing, I started studying that. And I think I was at the dinner table one day, and my, my dad was just like, oh, so how's work at the lab going? And I was like, lab? What fucking lab? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's going, it's going good. Like, a year into it. A year? A year into... How did you keep it that if quiet? My, if my dad is listening to this, he's going to absolutely <laughs> kill me, because every single, every once in a while, he still goes, when are you going to back, go back and finish that chemistry degree? Um, and then it wasn't until I got some work experience at Sky News um, through, through my course that I told them, and they were just like, Wait, what? Like, they were angry at first, and they were just like, oh, really? And I was just like, yeah. Like, they were actually, angry that you'd managed to get into Sky News. I can imagine that's they were, difficult. They were angry that I thought I had to lie, which kind of uh. raises another question about, like, why I didn't think that journalism was a reputable enough degree, vocation, career, whatever you want to call it. Um, also, like, raises questions why I was so, yeah. like, craving the validation to that How point. You, I mean, yeah, the fact that you kept it that quiet for so long. I honestly, mate, I just, I was so, I was just really, really anxious, to be honest. But off the back of that, it was, like, my last day of work experience, and I was still at uni at the time. And it was that classic, like, can you stay another day? Someone's mm-hmm. called in sick tomorrow, we'll pay you. We'll pay you, like, a hundred quid or something. I was like, a hundred pounds? For a full day's work. And when, when did you when did you go to uni? And what uni did you go to? I went to the University of Newcastle okay. to study chemistry. Great, great city. Great yeah. city. Difficult course. Um, yeah, chemistry's hard, man. I can imagine. Yeah. Chemistry undergrad's hard. Um, and then, long-winded way. So I, I worked for Sky for two years. Left that. Kind of mooched around for ages because I had these like brilliant bosses who had like incredible incredible eclectic careers like they've been to war zones and like they've gone to papers and they launched magazines and I was just like I want to do some of that and then eventually I got to the point where I was just like actually my first and you know last love is always going to be telly yeah so went to five news they took a massive punt on me because I hadn't worked in tv for like six seven years I've just been working in print and just taking commissions and like trying to be a travel writer failed travel writer and um and then one day we were <laughs> I'm going to try to put this as diplomatically as possible. We were working on a special about everyday racism and we didn't have enough people of colour on staff and I was essentially just like, I could could report it as a producer and they were just like, "Uh, yeah, sound, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a choice. (laughs) And, um, And I did and off the back of that, I just... Yeah. So that was like your first sort of big break, if you will. That's Pretty what much, kind of yeah. put you on the map. Yeah. And what? So when when was this? What year was? It was like a lifetime ago now. It was before the. It was. Oh, was it before or after the pandemic? When was the pandemic again? Twenty twenty. Well, it started in December twenty nineteen in China, but <sighs> kind of came to the UK. Yeah, details, in, right? Yeah, in December. Details. No, um, January twenty twenty. No, it was. It was yeah. definitely before then. So I think it was around about twenty eighteen. But it literally was when I say look, because I have people like I have kids work experience like students come up to me all the time they're like how do I report how did you get into it I'm like 
honestly, I did get a bit lucky. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? An opportunity presented itself and I was just like, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. I don't want to be on TV. I'd love to report. It is just an aspect, unfortunately, of yeah. reporting on TV. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I was just like, you need to commit. You need to commit to this because you can't half-ass it because... 11 years ago when I was, you know, a producer at Sky News working overnight shifts and somebody asked me, um, we were thinking, like, would you like like to report? And I was like, no, absolutely not. I was just like, don't get... What you was know. your initial, like, objection <clears throat> to reporting? It, there wasn't an objection to it. I, if I'm really honest with myself, I always wanted to do it. Um, one barrier was I didn't want to be seen as a narcissist who wanted to be on the telly, which could not be further from what actually being a broadcast journalist is about. And B... Honestly, mate, I don't want to sound dramatic, but I just didn't see people who looked and sounded like me on TV. Like, I had to get... I used to be so much more scouse than this. I had to get... I had to get voice training to become less... Really? Bro, like, but seriously. Why, did, but did, why, was that a, a choice that you personally made or was that a yeah. case of like you're basically like hearing the journalists that are on the tv and like i need to sound more like them in so order to... i just wanted to pronounce my t's to be honest yeah. um but like so i just a obviously i wanted to sound professional and authoritative but b i was like i just need i just need to be understood do you know what i mean because like when i first i like when i picked up the phone when i first moved to london to like work in news people would be like Sorry, could you say that again, please? And I was like, I didn't realise I was that scout. Is like, it like, you know that scene in Hot Fuzz when they go to visit the farmer? And they're going to like, see he's got weapons. You've got a translator with you I like, alongside yeah. him. I was like, I'm speaking the same language as you, sir. Um, so I think I was just like, uh, I, I, it was something that I felt like I needed to do. I probably would have been fine. Um, I feel like I'm self-aware enough and self-critical enough that I yeah. would have been like, no, you need to make these changes and this is how you can, you know, kind of enunciate certain things just to put emphasis on them. Yeah. But if I'm being deadly honest, I was probably just a little bit insecure about sounding really, really regional. If it's any consolation when Southerners go up north, there is like, you do have to bring someone else along to make sure there's the translation. <laughs> Mate, there, there are parts of Liverpool where I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I can't understand what you're saying. Like, what? <laughs> I'm sure and, and Scouse is almost, it's really cryptic, isn't it? I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I think it's a beautiful dialect. But I remember yeah. being on holiday in Bulgaria with my ex-girlfriend yeah. and um, we were listening to these guys and I was just like, God, Polish is a really, really interesting language. Turns out they were just scousers who'd had a couple of pints. <laughs> so, <laughs> If there's any consolation, you guys are quite in demand. Um, a few years back, mm. um, there, was scousers? Lot, yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of drug trafficking in Rotterdam. It's Where are you city. going And um, the Dutch police um, were listening in to their conversations. Um, but they, because um, it was um, uh, Scouse criminals that were yeah. helping traffic these drugs, they couldn't understand what they were saying. So they had to basically contact Merseyside police to get Scouse police officers to translate what they were saying no in order way. to understand in order to understand what was going on. Holy shit! So there's always a career. <laughs> there's always the the place there. I want to get more into um, into sort of uh, broadcast journalism. Mm. What do you think makes a good broadcast journalist? Um, Oh man, a comfortable pair of shoes, okay. patience. Um, oh god, uh, eventually, and you work up to this, uh, a mentality where you don't cope and celebrate with alcohol because it's so easy. It's so easy. So I, sp I suppose all of that combined is kind of like a like a short term impatience, like because you just need to be so urgent, man. Yeah. The deadlines are unreasonable like I have gotten to 
a location to start filming at half two with like nothing set up. It was Ellesmere Port actually. I'd driven down from Glasgow to Manchester. Um, it was like a, it was a classic, like it was a factory that had been saved from shutting down. Like, okay. like loads of jobs had been saved and like towns, tiny towns, economy had been saved. Um, and they were just like, just, just go down. We've got nothing set up. Just go to like the factory gates and just hope to get lucky. And we were like, what, do you know what time like the shift finishes? And they're like, they won't tell us. I was just like, right, okay. So just me and the cameraman just waiting outside the gates at half two. We were on air at five, which means that we really have to like yeah. send the report in by half four, which is like just good practice. Doesn't always happen. And somehow we did it. Somehow we actually put like a piece together and it was actually quite decent. And and like five minutes before the show started, my boss was just like, we're not going to run it. That's the thing when I've noticed like, the lives when they like cut to like live on the scene yeah. and there's kind of that moment where you're all sort of standing there it's because like, the do you get like is it, do you get like a count yeah. and then it's like go so yeah. that point where you're there like you get that you get there's a delay and you work that out when you do your sound check but uh, so it happened the other day um i was reporting outside uh university college hospital um on the nurses strikes and the direct like the directors and the gallery team honestly are impeccable people they're so calm and they keep you calm even when like shit is going down they're just like yeah it's all right mate yeah yeah it seems like a lot of drunk people there just gonna be fine you look, you look great just straighten up your tie a little bit and he was just like uh right let's just check for the delay and i said some words and he went right there's a three second delay so i'm just gonna say q um, so don't listen don't wait for she have to stop that he was the presenter at the time usually what you do is like you'd, you'd hear they'd stop talking you'd give it like you know a human pause yeah and then just you know just get on with it um but when they say sometimes they say q while they're still in the middle of a sentence which is actually incredibly off-putting i can imagine but when you watch it on tv and there was still a little bit of a delay but like if i had waited for him to stop speaking in my ear it would have looked like something went wrong like it would have been like do you know what i mean and like silence on tv is just immortal because there's a clip that's currently doing the rounds of a of a journalist on the B, on bbc um i got so anxious like, there i was just like yeah <laughs> yeah no we've we've got this clip of you that we're gonna show you no there was how um, did you find I'm, it seeing the rounds where um they had cut to i think it was live scene and she, i think she's yeah. got like her arms up or something like that oh, on my thing and she's doing some noise yeah, i always love that like you just see like the human element of it yeah, where like yeah. someone got like the, the you know they've got their feet up or something like that I've and just this. cutting about i've i've said this like when and don't get me wrong nobody should like inject fuck ups into yeah. their work just for pr but i've said often when things have happened innocently and it just exposed us because like you try to be really polished don't you yeah. and like for me I'm just like I don't want to look like a tit on screen I don't want to let my colleagues down obviously yeah. but also like I, I, you know I don't want to give me mates any more material either and you know I'd quite like to, to talk to girls still so like, I don't want to be like a meme <laughs> so for all those reasons you want to look good but every once in a while so like I always like because I get really nervous before I do live so I do I dance you never you see dance. this you never see this I just have a little buggy because I'm just like it's fine you, you know you're what good. song's playing in your head when you do that um, honestly Adele 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 yeah is Adele really like a dance what, what no, Adele no, no, song no, no, no. are you like, using like fire in the rain fire sometimes fire. do you know what I mean because it's like a, it's like um, it's motivating but oh, also yeah. like you can kind of bop to it or like it could be anything it could be anything sometimes I literally just put my headphones on for a bit Yeah. if I'm feeling particularly anxious I'll just put like Dave on, do you know what I mean? Dave, I'm yeah. just listening. Yeah, yeah. What Dave song though? What, um, what we rocking? What's with? that one that he did with Stormzy? Is it Clash? Um, you know what? My 
Dave knowledge is pretty <laughs> poor. I went to go. I went to. Um, I, I, he came out. I was at a Jack Harlow gig, and he came. Yeah. He bought. He bought Dave out, and I can't. What it was How many like, times did you get mistaken for Jack Harlow? At the, Jack mate, Harlow the amount of times there was one guy that looked like he he looked like the you same as me. Like Jack Harlow. <laughs> Jack Harlow. <laughs> it's because he's growing his hair out now, and I was there like. Son See, of a bitch. No, nah, it was when I it's when um, this guy was like, Oh look, Jack Carlos here and I was like, You wanna fucking talk, cheeky sod. Um no, it was um he brought him out and oh, it was funny. I can't remember what song it was. But he brought he, Dave he out. Did, yeah, he brought Dave out and he was oh, they were sick. He was doing a song there like bopping along. I felt like yeah. one of the oldest people there. So I was sort of looking around like I no way. Imagine, lad, imagine how I feel when I try to go into a nightclub now. <laughs> and I still like to don't get me wrong, I, I still I love my job and it is like probably the most important thing in the world to me, but I still quite like a trip down the pub. So like yeah. if I ever on the very rare occasions that I turn up to work hungover, especially the crew guys where yeah. you have to like get the camera kit from or it's just like, Oh, that's right, mate, you're only young and I'm like, I'm not that young. <laughs> like, how old are you? I'm like thirty five and they're like, Oh, yeah, maybe you should. So really? <laughs> yeah, thankfully I haven't had that yet. I mean, I'm only 22. So yeah, you've got time, we'll... man. You've got so many mistakes to make. Yeah, no. Um, I just can get back to that sort of reporting. Why yeah. is there that sort of anxiety there, do you think? And what, what do you advice do you give to any sort of aspiring journalist to sort of cope with that anxiety? Oh, that's such a good question. I, I wish, I really wish somebody had had this talk with me because the pretense is that if you prepare and you learn your lines and you leave a little bit of room for improvisation which like what does that even mean what does that even mean when you're standing in front of a camera you've been working all day you're knackered at this point like genuinely a lot of the time you are knackered because you've been if you've been doing your job well you've been news gathering right um you, you, or you've just been waiting or even worse oh my god you've just been waiting around like you've done all your work nothing's going to happen the press conference happened like four hours ago and then you're just sitting there and it just becomes a countdown because like at some point, someone's going to count down from 10 and say go, and you have to talk, and you have to be perfect and articulate and authoritative and charming, I guess, if you want to be, although you can drop down if you're really nervous and just be like, I just need to get words out in the right order. And no one tells you that. No one tells you that it's actually like really, really nerve-wracking. And I guess the way that I've come to accept it, like, yeah, I guess the way that I've come to cope with it is just to accept it and just be like, you know what, it's fine. And so, it's fine. So, any journalists that have sort of approached you, do you yeah. give them that prep talk? I do. I, I I don't give them that version of it. That's the that's the that's the honest version. I give them the version that's like I'm trying. I, I don't want you to shit yourself, yeah. right? Because it's gonna be okay. But like, you are gonna get hit with nerves. Mine, like, mine fluctuates. Um, or I was having a having this conversation with a friend the other day because she was just like, oh, like, I think she said, I think she said, oh, I bet you love it. And I was like, oh, honestly, I don't. Yeah. Like, I honestly don't. Like, I love my job. But that, like, that anxiety before you go on, I was like, I could do without it. I kind of yeah. wish I was just a sociopath. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just for those, I wish I could go somewhere for those, like, 30 minutes before I go on air where I'm just like, I'm really enjoying this. The trade-off is, for me at least, when I finish, I, like, it, there's nothing like it. Like, genuinely, like, gambling, drinking, like, drugs, if that's your thing. Like, when I come off air, having done a live well, then, honestly, man, it's like, I want to go party. Like I want to go. Twenty parks. addicts out there, you know what career you need to go down. If you're if you're looking to replace that high with something a bit weirdest more... fix ever, it'll take twelve years and a lot of your own money, but it's worth it. Find your AA. It's like, what do you do? I'm a journalist. So why are you here? Is it you just like using? No, it's just like the high that I get after I come up, yeah. come off air. And like... the poor heroin addicts from like next is just like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious? So the media landscape in this country has definitely changed over the last thirteen years, even going back further. 
the role that uh, the media plays in politics has developed mm-hmm. over time and that sometimes it's got it's quite symbiotic mm. if you will um how have you sort of navigated that and uh, worked through it oh man that's a good question thing is like and i'm not like i'm not a political journalist as a specialty and i thought i could get away with that for a very long time but um our polit- political editor at Channel 5 News, Andy Bell, one of the best journalists working today, he was like, at some point, everyone's a political journalist, so like, basically learn up or you're fucked. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I think I don't have to deal with, and I use those words deliberately, I don't have to deal with it as much as some of my colleagues do who are literally in Westminster every single day. Because look at the likes of like, Pippa, Creera, right? Yeah. That The Mirror Politics team are fabulous. Um, even the stuff that uh, I don't really I don't want to equate the Telegraph to the stuff that they've done because I I, I think the Matt Hancock stuff was quite divisive, wasn't it? Like the WhatsApp. Yeah, piece. that was that was an interesting one because I feel like mm. it was good information to have in the public sphere. Yeah. But then at the same time, when you think about the stuff that the Telegraph were publishing, particularly about lockdown and a yeah. lot of the skepticism, yeah. it's like, are you doing this because you're trying to prove yourselves right, or because it's exactly. in the national interest to know the sort of information? That's it. National interest. That's what yeah. it comes down to because. Um, uh, a mate of mine, uh, Nathan Lee, he was he, he won a RTS award, in fact, for for his work on um, on the Partygate scandal, yeah. um, and that I thought that was like political journalism at its absolute finest, but also at its most important because you don't want to go into political interviews, you don't want to go into any interview wanting to make a fool of someone, but in a world where everyone's got an agenda we've got agendas. Like yeah. the agenda might be money, but it's driven by something, and that means that you. Like people have something that you want, and it's just it's it's amplified when it comes to politics, especially right now because like it could not be more divisive. And for that reason, you do kind of go into political interviews like you're not my friend. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I personally, I find it weird when there's small talk with with politicians, um, or like you know, I suppose like the most diplomatic way, like you know backpassing and like hey how are you you good what's the most awkwardest encounter that you've had you don't have to name the politician I it was uh, it it was it was kind of my fault because like I just kept asking questions and like the team at one point I was in the middle of a question and and their handler stepped in between the camera and and me and I was just like and I was just like oh I did take that too far but I was really mad what was the what was it so I'm interested in that Mm. because I always think Whenever I look at sort of political journalists, it always reminds me of um, that scene in The Godfather where, you know, it seems, but when uh, Sonny is saying to Michael, like, yeah. you're making this personal, like, it is business, you need to, like, separate you're that. You're making this personal, yeah, absolutely, you have to. It's difficult not to, it depends on the context, right? Yeah. Because the morning rounds are very much, they're, so, they're, they're very formulaic. Like, you go there, um, I've never, I've never been senior enough in, like, political journalism to to do the morning round interview it's it's quite important and because you ask them like whoever it is it might not be like the relevant minister or secretary of state but like it will be a representative of the government and you ask them about kind of like the big issues of the day and basically it means that everyone's got a soundbite but also they've got to write a reply which is really important you know what i mean like otherwise you've just got an unbalanced report and that is partisan um but um having said that it, yeah, I don't know. Is 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 it ever not personal though? Is it never not a little bit personal, especially when it's like public money being spent or like something that has gone wrong? I suppose. Do you know what changed the game for me? I think it was the COVID briefing interviews, genuinely, because I think I've never seen such 
emotion from so many journalists at once because it was just like what the fuck are you doing because it affected you know I mean? every it affected everyone yeah absolutely and because it was i think they maybe because political honestly man they're, they're ridiculous because like they know so much and they and they have to deal with so much and still toe that line between like i want to be invited back but i have to do right yeah. by my audience and the general public I, I guess that's the thing and we mm. were talking about this before that idea of wanting to be invited back because i noticed yeah. when um that sort of weird fever dream when liz truss was prime minister for mm. that weird six weeks um she did the rounds on a load of national uh sort of like local uh bbc news stations iconic, man. and they were dragging her over the hot coals like they there was nothing like and there was very much this element of i've got nothing to lose i can say whatever i want to you i'm not going to get invited I back i don't i also don't want to be invited back yeah. um so like i'm going to hold you to account as best as i can mm. we don't see that in national media mm. and particularly in like established media why do you think that is so, when I was uh, like a young work experience kid, I remember being invited to the pub with some very senior, quite famous journalists um, who should remain unnamed. They were very kind to me. They didn't need to invite me to the pub, for one. Um, they were great. And I, in fact, I was so poor at the time. I was like, Mom, famous people have invited me to the pub. Can you hire me so many <laughs> Like, I need to get at least one round in. Oh, God, that was terrifying. Is it like, you know, that scene in the in-betweeners when they're leaving? It's like, can I have 10 quid? Yeah, Don't spend it all on a fruity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, Mum, can I have a tenner? That'll get me one drink in London. And um, and they were talking about how one of them, I, the, the conversation topic was, which politicians would you would you go to the cricket with? And this journalist was just like basically reeling off names and like why they'd be good to go to the cricket with and i think at one point they said um oh well to be fair i have actually been to the cricket with a lot of these and i was just like i found that weird yeah i found that really weird and don't get me wrong like i think it can be mutually beneficial and still be democratic but for whatever reason and to this day i was just like maybe maybe you'll grow up do you know what i'm saying like maybe you'll contextualize it and you've become a bit more mature like see a bit more of the world make some mistakes do you know what i mean maybe you'll see it for what it is but to this day i'm like no man because i think i think the and maybe i'm wrong in this but i do think that journalists and politicians are kind of diametrically opposed in that they're trying to push an agenda it's kind of our job to expose it like maybe that's a bit corny but i i I do kind of think that's what our job is so when i see journalists being really really close friends with i'm not saying many of them are it's probably a rarity but like you know being pally, I guess. It's like, I guess, because it kind of goes back to this idea of like, you know, public schoolboys and this idea of like, I'll mark your work, you mark mine. Mm-hmm. And that kind of just progresses just throughout it. public school, That's into it. university, and then into your actual jobs where it's like, I'm going to interview you, but yeah. I'm going to like slightly scrutinize you. Absolutely. It's like, I'm going to go tunnel up against you on FIFA, but we're going <laughs> to, we're going to take this game to penalties because I want to. Um, and I guess that's kind of. That's great. I yeah, love that. no, I made that ump on the spot, but you know. <laughs> hire me please um, <laughs> yeah, um, when you throw influence into that because think about it like politics obviously policy making like enough said journalism like you have a lot of influence you can do a lot of, I mean look at look at countries where they don't have like a free and fair press right you can do a lot of damage so quickly well that's what I wanted to bring up uh, yeah. bring up with you the RCF um, recently commissioned a yeah. report that basically that has ranked the UK as 26th in the basic number of like the most free press yeah. and they're down two spaces from where they were last year and what they cited was the online safety bill um, sort of uh, 
journalists being arrested at yeah. a, a just a poil protest mm. um another sort of worrying bits of legislation actually you know what? Fuck it. we're going to read out the quote yeah because no, i want to no, get right it, especially that online yeah. safety bill i wasn't even aware of that so a recent study by the rcf found that the uk ranked 26th in a list of countries with the freest press and it cited worrying legislative proposals uh, the approval of julian assange's extradition to the united states and the treatment of journalists covering protests and that basically marred the uk press's uh, freedom record in mm-hmm. 2022 why do you think that is Oh, man, I wish I knew. I mean, I guess because there's been a lot... On, like, just can't ignore the fact that gender aside, uh, political allegiance aside, how many how many resignations have we had? How many sackings have we had? How many scandals have we had? How many abuses of power have we had in the last decades or so? And let... Uh, whether it was Lib Dem, Conservative, or Labour, whoever was in charge, if you look at it, if you like, if you didn't see colour and you just got given a sheet of paper saying like this is what happened over the last ten years and you gave it to somebody, they'd be like, "What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you serious? They can't still be in power, yeah. right?" And obviously, they're not they're not polling great at the moment. No. And I, I I I hope I hope it's not the case that the press is being censored to stop exposing further wrongdoing i'm not saying but also i mean i don't want to sound like a conspiracist but i also don't want to say that that is outside the realm of possibility i think the just stop oil that was particularly grotesque because really whether it's a journalist or a member of the public if they're in a public place place and they're filming or even just observing really what's the, the the difference between observing and filming is just i don't know like 10 seconds of like a clip on your phone and and the the one of the journalists who got arrested charlotte lynch is a friend of mine and i didn't know her at the time and i still remember like watching that video and just feeling quite sickened to be honest because i was just like she's she's doing a job i guess the police are under a lot of scrutiny at the moment given the sort of the baroness casey reports and um, there's been a lot of stuff with the coronation that they've the met police to come under fire for um but in terms of the uh worrying legislation that was cited Mm. by the rcf it was the online safety bill and Mm. essentially it's set to effectively end encryption and it will allow the government Mm. to scan messages for illegal content and this would in the eyes of many privacy and journalism groups create loopholes for hackers and malicious governments to compromise and reveal reporters sources and what's it like? How's it? Do you have any idea? I know you're speaking to the answer to this question. Do you know how it's being sold, as in like how it will make things better? Well, the online safety bill is it essentially came in the wake of the abuse that England footballers received after the Euros. Right. And essentially, that was used by the I think Nadine to Dorries. people. Yeah, basically, like Nadine Dorries at the time, um, as culture secretary or the government in general. I don't mm-hmm. want to like particularly associate her with this because no, 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 I don't no, want to get sued. It was this idea that um, we need this legislation to track down these people who are saying all of this vile shit. Right. And, you know, rightly so. But then the um, there was also other petitions being circulated, like make um, everyone, you have to list all your personal details on right. social media accounts. So if you are found to like make racist comments or something that the police sure. can track you down. But then the flip side of it is if you're like a whistleblower, for example, and you want to expose something really bad about a company or a government and then you then get tracked down because of this and then you feel that you can't expose it right i see yeah that that doesn't seem okay does it yeah like i don't i I mean i'm not going to get technical about it that's kind of fucked up (laughs) and i I know people and i know people who 
who I would consider friends who are in favor of this, but for different reasons. A lot of it is yeah. to do with like the on, like, so say like pylons, for example. Sure. Which sure, a sure. lot of Tory MPs are like, that's why they're trying to push it. But I think that's just, they're fed up of getting so ratioed that's just on Twitter. Aspects of it. Yeah. Kind of but then there's also in, like, like, you know, in terms of the um, like misogynistic con- uh, stuff that is sent to, yeah, uh, to women and girls. And yeah. Like kids, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, so of course, there's that of, element. I was going to say, because when you said the online safety bill, I was just like, oh, wait, I thought that was a, I thought that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, but no, that aspect of it is. It's and I have used this word a lot. It's 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 dangerous because like it's and, and I use dangerous in a sense that like all right we're not there yet but like we are headed in that direction. Do you know what I mean? And we could we could stop now, or we could deal with it after what's it called? What's the like after the horse has bolted? Yeah, I'm sure. Do you fear for journalism and the the, the direction that this country is going in and what the implications that it will have? No, I I don't. I think. I, I, do you know why? Because because of the people I've worked with, I'm not I'm not worried about it because they're just they're not people who are who have it in their nature to take that shit. Like genuinely, there would be such a backlash. And I think look at the Partygate stuff, right? I don't know what Nathan and Paul Brand and the team had to go through after they finished the report like they got the information from their sources who they will never give up like yeah. they will take that to their grave and then between that and publication because that will have been hi hi yeah. nathan calling from uh itv news yeah. yeah we've got we've got these uh pictures of the prime minister partying during lockdown <laughs> i can't imagine the onslaught they would have had to deal with before they published that and then there's the conversations with lawyers and stuff. And to be fair, we've never really got in the weeds about it. Every time I see him, I'm just like, lad, you are just a fucking man. Honestly, you are. Because and because of people like Nathan and Paul and Charlotte and everyone else, I just, yeah, I'm not worried, man. They're like, they're, they're fucking tough. But in terms of, there's like, like the concept idea, yeah. of it. They can try. I guess people feel that, there's a lack of accountability. Um, sort of Laura Kunzberg has faced a lot of those sort of allegations. Yeah. That um, Same with like Fiona Bruce on Question Time, uh, where sure. she hasn't really held people to account. There was the, um, for example, when uh, Stanley Johnson was accused of being a, a woman beater. And uh, mm. she said, well, it was just the one time or something along those lines. And it was like, that's not very good optics, is it? Like, it's so difficult to say because I've never, I've never worked in a BBC newsroom. And I, I don't know what kind of, pressure they're under and i wonder if like they are um kind of in a vice to the point where they try so hard to be objective that sometimes the truth escapes them because they're two very different things right and then obviously with fiona um and i'm not apologizing for what she said i mean like it was you know, very tone deaf but like i guess you're on the spot as well a lot of the time on live tv so i wonder if some of that is conflated with it but yeah no it's a good question man but also like when you when you to the point, to your point of accountability, mm. fucking absolutely, yeah, we should be under as much, if not more, scrutiny than everyone else because we control the information that the public gets. That I must mean, be like a really big pressure on your shoulders. Got to get it right, man. You've got to get it right. You've got to be fair. You've got to be balanced. Like, like you said, it's mm. not personal. Yeah. It's really, really not. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've just got to get the other side's view in. What's it like if? when you end that interview, mm. like, and it's been like maybe a little bit heated, and there's sort of like that awkward look where it's just like. You try not to make eye contact, yeah, which is kind of like shake hands and leave. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to like. You don't have to be like, ah, oh, mate. Like you know, I just yeah. have to. Do, you don't have to do any of that. It's just like, and I'm lucky because I don't have to do a lot of political interviews. Yeah. It's not my. It's not my thing. Like 
social affairs, yeah, fine. Like I, I prefer to stay out of politics. If I have to, it, it's usually just very much like a, this is what's going on. This is why it matters. This is what's happening next. This is what could happen. It's interesting that you mentioned social affairs because mm. my first um, sort of uh, encounter with your work mm. was the protests in Lewisham oh, yeah, over the drag was, story time hour. That was mad. I can imagine you were probably, it's a very, it's, it looked very intense. It looked very one-sided in terms of the amount of protesters that had come to counter yeah. this, uh, the, the original protest by, I think it was Turning Point UK. It was Turning Point UK. Um, you must have met some proper characters there. I can imagine yeah. that it was... It was, you know what's interesting? I got caught, me and me, and me mate um, who were down there from ITV London, we got cornered. Um, so like we essentially, we were just like, I think my, my boss was just like, you've got to go and you've got to try and speak. Because we, we got loads of like, you know, the positive sides of it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we spoke to um, that girl, George, lovely. Um, but he was like, you need you need to get like for this to be like a, because we were like, for balance, obviously, yeah. even though like their views are quite appalling, but also just like just to clarify, the people who are turning point UK, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, not, not yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, no. There yeah. are a lot of people oh, like, well, yeah. on, like deleting their comments. Drag, like, yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. Let me just say, I, I, yeah, drag reading time sounds spectacular. Yeah, um, misogyny not so much. Yeah, homophobia not so much. Let, mm, yeah. Um, but like he was just like also for it to be like if I'm being deadly honest for it to be entertaining he was like you've got it you've got to go and interview them and I was just like all right fine so we left the main bit where like everyone was gathered and having a party which I did not want to leave because I was like there's definitely a free drink in this for me <laughs> and I was just like I think that might be I was like I think I think that might be them and mate was like well you fucking really why why do you think that is, is it because they look really intimidating you're wearing all black and I was like yeah all right, let's go speak yeah. to them and um, and we had like a pretty decent chat. It was, you know, it was, it was civil. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I hope um, that I push back on a lot of, you know, their concerns and fears. And while we were having that chat, like, like hundreds, like out of fucking nowhere, like hundreds, if not a thousand of these counter protesters, obviously more left wing ones yeah. just appeared. And then it got really hairy. And we have to do like public order training, which is basically like riot training, right? And the one thing they tell you is if like there's two groups of people facing each other, yeah. don't get caught in the middle. And that's exactly where we were. Oh. And like st stuff started getting thrown. And then I was just like, right, okay. So we got the interview, we got the shots, got the piece of the camera. Um, I was like, oh, I'd quite like to speak to some of the counter protesters, right? Like, why did you turn out again? Because it was Turning Point UK's demonstration yeah. and the counter protesters turn up in, and vastly out oh, yeah. of them, yeah. right? So I was just like, I just wanted to be like, oh, like, why did you feel it was, I thought it was, I thought that was going to be the easiest job of the day, right? Like, why did you, essentially, why did you turn out against fascism? I was being yeah. really positive. And um, this dude was just like, a fuck out of here. I was like, sorry, what? Dude in the ballot lab, I was just like, I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not with that. I'm pressed. Like, I got my card out. Yeah. And it was just like, he was just like, I told you to get, like, get the fuck out of here. And I was like, and I really yeah. wanted to say something and my mate was just like, no, I don't, this, this yeah. is, remember your training, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fine, do you know what? We've got enough, let's go to your car and let's go home. So we went round the side, um, kind of where there was a bit of gap by these shops and um, shit, you know what, man? I was, going I was going through and I thought it was the same guy and he was just like, get the, f he just, some dude just squared up to me and was basically just like, get out of here right now. And I was like, at this point, I was like, Do you think that he was like warning you that it was going to kick off further? Or no, was he was like, like, no, 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 no. Like, he, he had like an you. issue with me and him. He like, so this was, a, it was, a, ended up being a different guy. Thank 
the Lord. Because I've yeah. already got my press card out once yeah. and it didn't work. And I was like, we might be in trouble here because yeah. we are. Your car is on the other side of these hundreds of protesters. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And we need to get back and actually edit this piece. Anyway, I was just like, bro, like what, like, what is your problem? Like, what, what have we done to upset you? And he was just like, get the fuck out of here, you fascist scum. And I was like, fascist? I was like, bro, we're, we're press. And he was like, what? And I was just like, with press and he was like, show me your press card. And I was like, thank God I brought it to yeah, you. Yeah. I was just like, I was like, here. And he was just like, oh, thank God. He, <laughs> I, I'm never going to forget this. He was like, we were going to fuck you up. And I was just like, I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I was like, the fascists were really nice yeah. to us. <laughs> anyway, so like, yeah, we, we scrambled through and we got back and it was the right piece. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting yeah, There was something interesting that you mentioned, sort of like trying to get the balance and also what your producer said, like trying to make it entertaining. Yeah, I guess on I guess on the flip side of that is that if you're like basically being seen to sort of endorse or promote views that yeah. aren't not uh, uh that yeah, are where's, where's pretty, the line right? yeah i yeah. guess that's the thing with say with someone like nigel farage for example he's featured on question time what 43 times and because he he's uh, yeah he, he, he draws out he gets the views people want to hear what he's got to say even if they you know if they don't like him clicks it's like you know like oh nigel farage has this to say about his immigration i'm yeah. going to watch this i want to hear what he's got to say because i might debunk it i might disagree with it yeah um and I guess that on the flip side of that is, well, you put people on that national platform and they mm. can get torn to shreds like Nick Griffin was yeah. Um, yeah. on Question Time. Let like them fall on their own sword kind yeah. of thing. But then yeah. there's the, the flip side is, is that you allow someone to promote those views and then other people pick it up, people who are seen as being more sort of like socially acceptable. Sure. You could argue with the government's rhetoric at the moment around immigration and yeah. asylum seekers. It's kind of out of the playbook that the BNP had in the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. And is there a link there? I think... Oh God, yeah, you're right. Because the thing is, and I and look, in, what's that journalistic trifecta? Entertain, inform, and educate, right? I fear in many spheres of uh, news reporting, it's probably kind of veering more to entertain now than anything else. When we look at Mail Online, um, it's just very much like you know, it's populist. It's not even yeah. it doesn't even have a political agenda. It's just populist, which is kind of more dangerous. Um, but you still have to, yeah, I, I think my, the way that I reconcile it, although if I haven't reconcile anything, maybe I am genuinely part of the problem, but it's that sometimes with people who have, um, and it's not even opposing views, right? You can, sometimes you can just call a racist a racist yeah. and a homophobe a homophobe. Um, sometimes you do just have to, yeah, let them fall on their sword and just kind of maybe even be shown to, like, because sometimes they'll have a view that's so, easily dissectable right and you just hope that if you like let them say what they have been saying unchallenged because they'll usually just put it out on tiktok or twitter or yeah, something yeah. like that and then you just kind of counter it with actually a very very simple argument that you hope that that's what's going to get through but you're absolutely right the risk is that people are going to hear what they want to hear they're not going to hear the arguments against it it's just going to be some kind of mainstream media conspiracy yeah. or you know what, 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 God, what does Bradman call it? Loony left wing. Yeah, twi- tofu eating. <laughs> yeah, woke karate. Guardi- mean... Guardian reading tofu eating woke karate. Something like that. Yeah. All I'm, all I'm saying is, if I heard that in the thick of it, I would have laughed. Yeah. Coming from no. the Home Secretary. <laughs> That's terrifying. the thing. Tofu doesn't even taste that nice, and I say that as a Guardian reader. Um, <laughs> nah, nah, people I'm, are a bit I'm partial like, yeah. to tofu, man. It depends <laughs> how it's cooked. I guess that. Yeah, that is the thing. It is a very sort of. It's trying to find that fine balance. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about tofu for a second. No, yeah, no. We could do a whole section on tofu. Yeah, no. Um, no, I should get my mother on. She. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no. You're your mama. Next episode. Yeah, seven. no, I do actually Harry's want to mom. get her on. Yeah, no. I'm sure she'd be interested. Um, 
yeah no no that's it it's 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 yeah there's you're absolutely right and i guess that's where the um the instinct and the subjectivity of journalism comes in um, where you're like right uh, like essentially are, are we doing are we doing the right thing should we yeah. and there there are definitely times where it's just like actually let's leave them out as in like let's not let them speak for themselves we'll just explain it but we'll contextualize it in a way that doesn't promote what they're doing sometimes we'll just leave the name out we'll just be like a group and i guess with what um with what you've been saying mm. sort of like the divide obviously this weekend coming up is the coronation which you're covering yeah. um, after this you're going straight to the straight to the scene i understand to yeah cover it. yeah it's a very on my way to have a panic even though it's been seen as like a, a an event of sort of national unity given the current state of our country mm. it is kind of seen as a source of divide and debate how do you um feels or covering that how do you think is best to cover it i think and i am not going to be the person that tells people not to have street parties because there's yeah. a cost of living crisis going on or you know even turn out and try and get a wave from the king because yeah. people are struggling i just think that you can't and shouldn't stop those conversations from happening at the same time yeah. i think somebody that's holding a sign saying not my king has just a right, just as much a right standing on the front of that barrier on the mall as somebody who is holding one saying, like, Charles, we love you. I just think these things, we, we have, like, we're, we're a service-level community, aren't we? Like, we, we try, like, we don't give things context because context is boring. But you have to, like, you kind of have to look at it from all sides. And the thing is, like, on the day, I think just on taste grounds alone, I can't imagine any big broadcaster actually covering it from the side of the protesters or covering it from like a cost of living angle or like who's paying for this simply because I just think it would be in bad taste. Um, and, I, and I don't think anybody would want those kind of headlines. But then, you know, there's always that, um, you know, not today, not right now. Comes yeah. But then but then also it's like, right, well, when? Tomorrow? We, we wouldn't have forgotten about it. And tomorrow. I guess that's the thing. You know, it's they're in the news it's part of the news cycle people always say like oh you only talk about it because it's in the news cycle mm. yeah 100 yeah, percent, absolutely and i guess what you were saying the met police issued a statement yesterday that i mean you always know a tweet hasn't been well received when the quote tweets outnumber the number outnumber the likes <laughs> oh, they said our tolerance for any disruption whether through protest or otherwise will be low we will deal robustly with anyone intent on undermining this celebration it's going to be a very intense weekend Ooh, for a number of reasons yeah. it's going to be what was that anti what was that other bill that was going on and the anti-protest and stuff basically that was what it was colloquially yeah. i can't remember what it was called like the tech, the actual name for it but yeah exactly it, it, it came into, yeah, it came into happen, effect yeah. i think just the it came in effect this week yeah kind of like you, you could argue it's a bit of maybe a coincidence that uh, yeah. it's come in effect before i know it's a bit of a, i know it's a bit of a stunt and i know it was just one copy um but that brilliant lawyer who was going to write not not my kid on that black yeah guy, i remember yeah, what yeah. you were saying when the queen died yeah. yes exactly yeah. yeah so i was like i was like sh like when that happens i was like surely mm. we have to like take a step back and address what kind of society we are and what mm. kind of society we're becoming when we're basically what like is what the fuck is this minority report like no one's the, done there was yet. the um there was the person who got um dragged away for shouting you're a sick old man at uh, prince andrew um when during one of the processions or something like that no comment. Yeah, nah, fair enough. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it, it is concerning, but I mean, yeah. It's well, this is why you asked the question earlier, yeah. wasn't it? About like, you know, you were worried about journalism. And I yeah. guess when stuff like that happens, it, when, it's, when it's isolated, you're like, nah, it's fine. It's one person making a, uh, you'd like to think a bad decision. And, and, yeah. and 
and Charlotte, who got arrested at the Just Stop World, obviously she got like a full apology from the Met eventually. An, an apology, yeah. Mm. An apology, yeah. But, but also like, yeah, but also like, she, you know, she, they catalyzed the law change as well, which I was yeah. just like, oh, well, that's actually really, um, that's comforting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Motivating, whatever you want to call it. And so it's, it's when those isolated instances start happening, when you start seeing a pattern in them, then it, yeah, I guess it gets worrying. I guess we will see the idea yeah. that, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've, um, we spoke to uh, someone from Animal Rising uh, the other week and we yeah. asked them if they had anything planned and they said that nothing yet. I guess it's going to be a very big, it's kind of, everyone's sort of like watching. It's like transfer deadline day, but bit, for protests, it it's like, bit, is it going to happen? Get Fabrizio to confirm it. Bro, I'm a little bit anxious because I'm going to be down there tomorrow yeah. as well with like a camera kit. Like I don't yeah. even have my own camera on tomorrow. I'm just going to be there with a tripod and a camcorder. And I know that if something kicks off, yeah. we're going to, well, obviously I'm going to have to cover it. And it's that trade-off between like, I know it's more newsworthy, but I also kind of just, I don't want to get, any, I don't want anyone to get I hurt. guess that was something I, I wanted to quickly sort of bring up. Um, with sort of interviewing people, you kind of have this duty of care. And what I would argue is like, if you see someone that you're interviewing that uh, it perhaps isn't, maybe not uh, all with it and i'm yeah. saying this as someone who's on the autistic spectrum mm. um there's a like a royal super fan that seems to be featuring a lot in press coverage and oh, yeah the um, the, the, this, the uh, suit, right? yeah no no that not right? that guy there's Is another there's another guy i can't remember his i can't remember his name we'll, we'll clip it in mm. um but he i say saying as someone who's on the spectrum he has mm. clearly got sen of some sort okay and i'm looking at Basically, it's Sky who have been like pushing this guy quite a fair bit, oh, really? and they've okay. like been covering him. And you look at like the the responses to the stuff, and it's basically like calling him a nonce and all this sort of stuff. And it's like there's got to be that sort of duty of care that you're putting someone like that in the public eye, basically, and for clicks to be ridiculed. Basically, to, if it was like to be to get clicks and engagement, because you put someone like that out who is very like who's clearly got a special interest. Their special interest is the monarchy. Yeah. Now, regardless of what you think about the monarchy, to mock someone who has clearly got some sort of learning difficulty like that. It's yeah. like, what happened to shame? Yeah. And it's like, there's that duty and of care like, in the media's eye yeah, as well. Yeah, or like, and and yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's that's fucked up. But yeah. like also, whether he had a learning difficulty or not, yeah. that's just someone expressing joy. And yeah. that's, a, that's a horrible thing to mock someone for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, yeah, that's a good question, man. I don't know. Like, I remember when around Brexit, um, we did get told that not, not to interview somebody who was always always down there yeah um because our news editor was just like it will seem like a really good interview don't do it because you know it's just not it's not there really yeah. just like just 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 let them have a good time yeah. um so i guess yeah no absolutely we do i didn't even know that was happening well, yeah no it's just something i noticed because i remember like when when the queen passed and he, this guy featured as well he became a viral sound on tiktok which i was guilty of using but it's only really been the last few days that just I, I actually sort of like so i yeah. think someone like tweeted it and i sort of thought shit yeah i've never thought about it that way and i guess that's the thing like someone like brings up a counterpoint and you go oh i haven't really seen it from that sort of angle yeah. and i guess that this stuff can that... snowball man because now yeah. you like it'll just be all over tiktok and yeah you just i despair the comment section man honestly yeah I sometimes i sometimes go just hoping to be proved wrong but like people can be mean there is that with like whenever i posted a video and i thought this is gonna be controversial and it's like i don't check my phone about an hour and 37 minutes after i posted it's a very I, like, specific yeah no it's a really weird thing like that's no, just no, what i've got you, and like, i go I on that. it and i'm there like it's that moment of truth like you see how people yeah. react and look at the comments and go this is getting deleted in the morning like, oh, there's yeah, no, yeah, no, or like there's a times where i've done it and i'm like 
I, like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Like, I've got like many men by 50 Cent playing in my ear. Like, when I'm like, both yeah. like something controversial. Do you know what I get? I get people in the comment section just yeah. like being really annoyed at the way I pronounce certain words. <laughs> I've just got like a, such a complex about the you word. Know, I can't help it. Yeah, like, honestly, yeah. I've got such a complex about the word, the way I say urinal now. You're, you're urinal. Oh, fuck's sake. You're, Harry, you're one of No, them. no, don't worry. No, look, I grew up in a bilingual household, so I'm used to, like, certain things being pronounced in different ways. It's like, uh, I you know, know. But, like, yeah, it was a thing. It was a thing. I was really proud of this report, and everyone was just like, I hate the way you say words. <laughs> and I'm like, that's my job. So, Jay, first of all, thank you for coming on. Oh, it's man, been a really pleasure. good chat. Um, it's been fun. I, before you go, is there anything that you would like to promote? Um... No, Sounds like a really just, weird question just, to ask just, a broadcast just, journalist. Just, <laughs> just be nice to people in the comments section. Yeah. Just leave nice comments and people can pronounce words however the <laughs> fuck they want. <laughs> leave me alone. That's what I'm trying to promote. Leave me alone. I'm just doing my job. Jay, thank you for coming on. No, my pleasure. And thank you to all of you who are listening. Uh, please remember, stay safe, stay informed and uh, have a good day. Thank you.